Hey, babe. Happy anniversary. I love you. Welcome to the Jasmine and June podcast. Real audio diaries of a real couple sharing excerpts from their first year of dating. are the true stories of a man and a woman, both divorced and discovering new life and new love. Their names aren't important, but their stories just may relate. Share them with a friend. Enjoy. Oh my gosh, I had the best idea of a new title. Oh, okay. The happy ending. I was born a poor black child. You're very particular about not sipping your drink about me. (laughs) So I'm trying really hard not to make any noises. (laughs) I don't want my relationship to end on the very first episode. By the time you people hear this, we may not even be together. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Okay. Okay, should we start from where we left off? Alright, start from the beginning. Welcome to another episode of The Cinephile and the Cynic. You late? Do you not like that title? Oh my gosh, I had the best idea of a new title. Oh, okay. The Happy Ending. <laughs> <laughs> that is a... I'm sure it's taken... But that's totally And taken. then we journey That's totally taken. the the listeners, like it's a series, right? right? And we journey the listeners of like pre like pre like our dating before we even met and all the stuff. And then like our journey of like then how we met and uh-huh. kinda of getting to the point where we're like actually not just going on dates, but we're actually dating. Right. And then to this happy ending now. We'll hopefully, we'll be, they'll be in the process of that and hopefully, you know, we'll continue to get to our happy ending. We can keep it as a potential. I have a feeling there's some innuendo in there. Well, I hope so. (laughs) 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 But isn't that a cute title? It is. I bet you it's taken though. I don't know. I'm just telling you yeah, my thoughts. Yeah, I think it's cute too. Can you have me my coffee? Yes. We should also have an episode on... Coffee? No, on the what we call each other. What do you mean? Oh, like, because you don't like to use the term boyfriend? Something like that. You're, the, you're dating? The guy I'm dating. We could talk about that. I would love to hear what other people think. I really think it's silly. I don't think it's silly. I think there's more to it. To that, using the term boyfriend? Yeah, like maybe, you know, like for some people that might not feel like the most appropriate term or something. Okay. Just because you're so, like, 
romantic and old fashioned. <laughs> old, you mean? What? Fashioned. Oh, old fashioned. Yes. Sorry. They said it says you're so old. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think I am. Okay, so um, where should we start? I was born a poor black child. You were not born poor and black. That's a joke. Uh-oh. See, that's that's one of the cinematic references you don't get. <laughs> that's oh how the gosh. jerk starts with Steve I've Martin. I've never seen the jerk. But it's like a famous opening. Like, okay. Because he's obviously Why not are we black. Why I still don't he's understand. Not black. I still don't understand. <laughs> he's not even black and he said that. That's why it's funny. Because <laughs> he's looking to the camera and he goes... I was born a poor black child. It's a comedy. <laughs> it was like his first picture. I've never seen it, and to be honest... Oh, maybe we should watch it and have a special oh episode gosh. just about... Okay, jerk. listeners, all I'm supposed to do is re-watch every single movie and TV show if you he's haven't ever seen. seen. It, if, if you haven't seen it... <laughs> he wants to re-watch like, every single movie that's in existence. We will spend the rest of our lives every moment watching something on the screen. I swear uh, to God. No. Wait, I should not swear to God. I'm talking to... That's right. I'm still a Christian. <laughs> a Christian As of this right recording. <laughs> There's no guarantee that by the end of the series <laughs> that'll be the case. Yeah, because I don't know if Should you're... we have an episode where we talk about religion? Oh yeah, totally. Where we have... That could be the... That could be the name of the show, The Buddhist and the Christian. The Accidental Buddhist. The Accidental Buddhist. And the Deconstructed Christian. De- <laughs> accidental Buddhist. Ac- what happened? Oh, no, about, but, uh, what happens when an Accidental Buddhist and a... An Accidental Buddhist walks de- into... <laughs> Deconstructed Christian. What happens when an Accidental... Buddhist. Oh, what happens when an Accidental Buddhist... Accidental What happens when an Accidental Buddhist swipes right? But you don't swipe on Hinge. Oh my gosh, you're so <laughs> technical. Oh my gosh, seriously. What? <laughs> I think we don't have to get that technical. But I think I think it's important when you. What happens? Because then that makes it about you, like the accidental <gasps> Buddhist. It should be about both of us. So like. And then and then it says dot dot dot. What is that set for? What is that called? Ellipsis. An, an ellipsis. She meets an a deconstructive Christian. The, See, the problem with that title, then makes you think that it's about religion. religion. I feel like... That episode can be about that. I should... Yeah, I feel like there should be an episode, but not the title. Right. I love... I think The Happy Ending is a great title. (laughs) Because it's funny. It is. It's witty. It is. And that's who I am. But it suggests... What? What does it suggest? Well, besides the obvious... A happy ending, then? Is that better? Then, what did I say? A happy ending. Or the happy ending. I think you should say happy ending. Originally. I think originally that's what you said. A happy ending. A happy ending? What did I say? I think you just said happy ending. Oh. Actually, I think we should call it a happy ending. Or how about a new beginning? A new hope. Is that a Star Wars reference? It could be. It doesn't have to be. 
Some people might make that assumption. I was going to say something stupid. Like, like what? Because is Mandalorian part of Star Wars? Yeah. Let's say, will Mandalorian? Oh, that is stupid. <laughs> So, I think the first, the first question was really like, what was it like? What was it like? After being married for 17 uh, years. I think you have to talk louder. Wait, um, am I answering the question? I think we both should. Okay. It's a two-way conversation. I wish we had just recorded me the first time. <laughs> So you can't remember what you said? Okay. Ask me the question. So you were in between the marriage and the dating of the person you were married to, your relationship was 17 years. And my marriage was 17 years, so we had that in common. What was it like for you the first time? Oh, wait, I wasn't married for 17 years. I said said that. I said between your marriage and the amount of time dating, the total was 17 years. I sometimes tune you out. I'm sorry. Yeah, see? So what was it like for you when you entered the dating world after a 17-year relationship? It was, it was a weird one. Um, so I met him when I was 26 years old. And before that, I really never actually, like, dated. Like, in the way we think about dating now. Um, you know, I had boyfriends before... But it was really like, you know, people that you meet through your social circle. Um, it, um, you know, it just was more organic. It wasn't like we, it's like, hey, do you want to go out in terms of like in the kind of traditional dating sense? So um, it was kind of a bit of a shocker to, you know, be now then in my early 40s and all of a sudden enter. Um, the dating world when I had never really experienced it in the way you know we didn't even have online dating back when I was dating as a young person so um and and you know there's a lot of you know it's like the dating the social circle the people in it you know most people are married at this point in my life so it was really about you know trying to find other ways and other you know like Am I going to meet someone through my work circles? Is, am I going to just meet someone out and I'm not going to bars and clubs, right? Or, like, you know, those kinds of things. So um, kind of turned to the apps to see, like, and that was totally brand new. I had never been on a dating app, obviously. So um, it's like meeting perfect strangers, and you don't get that same sense of, like, you know, co- them coming with a level of trust or credibility because no one knows them. So that to me kind of as just as a single woman uh, single mom a little scary to like mm-hmm. you know meet strangers so trying to understand even how to do that but I think the bigger picture is or the bigger thing was you know there's a lot of healing that has to happen when a long partnership ends right um and me doing that work of trying to heal and then I see dating as like um just either small moments of rejection or bigger moments of rejection but it's just this the way dating works it's constant rejection right in the sense of like you might like someone they might not like you 
you might not like someone they might like you know I think for everyone that's doing it and so when you're already still dealing with your past wounds from your old relationship and then you try to enter and create new relationships it's sometimes like picking at like as it's scabbing right and healing it's like picking at those scabs and opening up old wounds and so for me that when I first got out there and kind of dipped my toes into the water of dating it was a lot of like my old wounds and my old issues and insecurities really started showing up again but what I think is the blessing is that I was becoming more aware of like what was the healing work that I had to do mm-hmm. and I dated, um, I, I waited till six months after um, my husband and I split up, and I called this my first, my first phase of dating, and that's where a lot of the wounds surfaced, like even childhood wounds that I needed to work on. I learned a lot about myself mm-hmm. and how I showed up in my partnership with my ex, and through the dating also just you know meeting all these new people and you know going on one date or a few dates or you know a couple months worth of dates and learned what the do's and don'ts of what I want in a relationship so I kind of walked away from that phase of having a better sense of myself and what I actually want in a relationship and what might be some of my deal breakers and then I decided I needed to take a break and just really focus on myself and working on those things so. mm. So that was phase one of the dating. Wow. Yeah. What phase are we on now? What, um, what phase am I, I met of? you in phase three. Okay. Yeah. Mid or beginning? Let's see. That's a good question. When did we meet? I, I felt like in phase three, if we want to skip to phase three real quick. Um, I was in a good, a really good place. I was already three and a half years out of my marriage and I was doing the work I needed to do to be ready to meet the one, my person, I would call that person. And so I was, so you met me at a time where I was really open and ready to be in a relationship. I said that um, kind of the phase I was in phase three I was really open and ready to meet someone Mm -hmm. to have like a long term relationship with like I was open to that and I feel like I was emotionally and mentally ready for that as well Mm -hmm. that's good did you want to talk about phase two? What? Um, well, yeah, phase... So phase two... So I took a break. After phase one? After phase one. How many people did you go out with in phase one? Well, what do you mean by going out with? You tell like, me. How many dates did I go on, or yeah. how many people did I talk to? Because I did no. a mix of no. screening calls, phone calls, actual dates. Um, I would have to look at my little black book to see. Um, More than twenty. I don't 
think more than 20 because I was still pretty picky like I wouldn't I what I would have a phone call with them first mm-hmm. and then um, kind of depending on how that goes then I would actually like meet them in person mm-hmm. and at, seeing how that goes then I would decide whether or not I would want to see them again right and so I honestly don't remember how many people that was right but a couple people stand out. Uh-huh. So, um, I remember the first person ever that I met uh-huh. during that phase. And that's when I learned that you don't always look like what you look like in your pictures. Mm. <laughs> so, I think this person was super nice. He was a firefighter. Uh-huh. He actually was a firefighter, even though he didn't live in my town where I live. He was actually a firefighter in the town I lived. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I never told anyone where I actually lived, like what town, because I, you know, you just want to be careful. Right. So when he's telling me that he was a firefighter in this town, which was like almost like, you know, 45 minute drive from where we were meeting, I just kind of chuckled in my head because I was like, oh, that's where I live. Right. And fast forward, even though we only went on that one date, I did see him. Like, I passed by, like, the fire station or a fire truck or something, and I saw him. It was kind of funny. He didn't see me, though. Anyway, so that was my first lesson is I just remember meeting him at coffee, at Phil's Coffee, actually, and um, thinking, he does, he looks a lot older than those pictures. Right. Um, so I think that's when I learned that people used old pictures and not, and not all pictures were current. But yeah. he was a super nice guy. But one thing I think we were just um, kind of had different interests, so mm-hmm. I decided that probably wasn't a good fit. If I were to do it again, I probably would have tried to see him at least one more time mm-hmm. to see if, like, you know, I didn't know that it takes a while right. to get to know someone. So, yeah, the second guy that I remember. <laughs> um, Why are you smiling? Because I remember. So this sounds really superficial, but he was cute. He was witty. We had Why really, is that superficial? No, I'm getting to it. Oh. Um, we had really, like... So what another thing I learned is people can be really boring on these dating apps when it comes to messaging. Like, mm-hmm. hey, babe. Hey, and, hey beautiful. Uh, what's up? Like, it's just very, mm-hmm. like, not very engaging. And so this guy... He was great, like, at these messages. Like, it was, like, a great conversation. It was fun. It was funny. It was witty, which I love, like, someone that has, like, a good sense of humor, smart. I think we um, bonded over, like, music at first. So it was just, like, fun. Um, and he, he looked cute in his pictures. And then when I met him, he was super, he was cute. He was tall enough in terms of my t- my height preference but he had these ears mm-hmm. like like Obamic ears or something um Dumbo ears what kind of ears yeah just kind of like they're very prominent like when I saw him I saw his ears versus other people like right. you see them you might see their smile yeah you might see their eyes right or like his ears just stood out a lot to me and um like that is so superficial like mm-hmm. that 
But otherwise, he had a real... Like, he looked better in person than in his pictures. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was really cute. And we had a great conversation. Um, he was ready for... Looking for a long-term relationship. And then when he learned that I just got out of a relationship six months ago, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing, he was telling me that he's like, hey, I don't think you're ready. Right. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like... I'm ready to be in a relationship, not thinking, you know. And then now, fast forward, I totally... Now that I'm sometimes when... Before you and I met, dating people that were just getting out of relationships, kind of seeing where they were at in their phase, which is like, I would say, a phase one, Mm -hmm. where I was in phase one with him, but he was probably more at a phase three. Right. Like, I totally get all... Now, I'm recalling our conversation, totally get where he's coming from. Right. Um... Anyways, um, I had a really, I had really two fun dates with him, mm-hmm. but it, after that, he kind of, I think, realized that we probably weren't the right fit because of where I was in my, in there. Um, and I feel like a lot of my, my kind of childhood and, um, marriage issues were very present, even though I didn't realize it at the moment, mm-hmm. but he could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one didn't go very far. Hmm. But it was really fun. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, can we move our conversation inside? Sure. Yeah. That makes this makes for good podcasts. Okay, that's okay. good. So we're gonna hit pause. Okay. And then move inside because I'm hot. Okay, you As are in hot. Temperature. <laughs> temperature. <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> Welcome back. We're in a quieter, more temperate room <laughs> than we were. Okay. Enjoy that chocolate cake. It's good. <laughs> you didn't even offer me a bite. I did. I said, do you want some? You did? When did you do that? As soon as I sat down. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't you want a bite? You. No, thanks. Okay. I'm going to have some ice cream. Okay. okay. So where were we? Oh, you know what? During our little break... You thought of something else? I thought of something about phase one that I feel like it was really, like, describes, for me at least, what phase one is and also what my others might mm-hmm. be going through. <laughs> Why are you smiling like that? All right, so this is a little bit of a tangent. Okay. <laughs> Did you just drink my coffee? I had some. Do you mind? No, this is, I got a little bit of the coffee you made. Yes. In the fridge. Okay. But I'm laughing because... Yes. What the listeners don't know is you're very particular about not sipping your drinks or about me. <laughs> so I'm trying really hard not to make any noises. <laughs> I don't want our relationship to end on the very first episode. <laughs> and I'm it wouldn't be a happy ending then. <laughs> sipping a drink. We need to have an episode where we talk about that. Okay, we can. But anyway, that might be a pretty deep episode, though. I know. And I don't know if. But in all seriousness, it can be an episode about the little things, because in. But the little thing is very tied to like really deep stuff. Are we okay. allowed to cuss on this podcast? Probably yeah, not, right? we'll put an E. All right. <laughs> okay. On iTunes. Because I do use profanity a lot. All right. Anyway, go ahead. But that's okay. Um. Yeah. So, um, during our little break. Hmm. 
it occurred to me, it rem- I just remembered, like that first phase, which I think could be for a lot of people. I'm curious when we talk to you about your take. Right. Um, is really about like, am I lovable? Mm. Is someone going to want to date me? Oh, yes. Um, and just almost proving to myself that someone would want to date me, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that was really kind of, you know, whether I knew that in the moment, mm-hmm. I think that that phase, that process going through that really, like, um, kind of that sentiment really captures what was mm-hmm. going on for me. Yeah. And what I learned is that it's really about self-love and um, understanding who I am and what I want and um, and really more of like kind of that love and acceptance of self. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what my, I think, biggest lessons are Yeah. Um, from that time of my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't you start to say how many people you... You really want to know. I'm just curious. I really will have to look at that black book because I oh, yeah. am not sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lot. I did what have. Oh, is, was this guy back then? I think also in phase one mm-hmm. was what I call my most significant, insignificant relationship. It was the first relationship I had since my marriage. Um, that I felt was like more than casual, like, you know, kind of going on a couple mm-hmm. dates. Um, but it wasn't super significant cause we weren't like in a committed relationship or anything, right. but with someone I saw on a c- more consistent basis, mm-hmm. um, with, and so that was kind of the first, re- I would call the first relationship I had since, um, I got right. divorced and separated. Yeah. Right. And so that one, that was a relationship where I fell back into old patterns. Mm-hmm. And that was the relationship that really tested, tested uh, me around my boundaries and what I did and did not want from a relationship. That relationship gave me a lot of things that I was seeking and needing that I didn't get in my marriage. Um but then it also had a lot of other things that maybe replicated. Right. Like things that were not great about my marriage or even worse. And so I think there was this there was a point that I was really proud of where I was like, you know what? This isn't working for me and I decided just to walk away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that is a big learning just in that. Yeah. That Doing first phase like that. one was huge and that having that relationship even though I wouldn't say it was like a serious relationship Mm -hmm. but it was significant for me because I learned a lot about myself and what I needed Mm -hmm. um, in a relationship right it's so funny you are why (laughs) because just the way you look at me and stuff oh okay yeah um so phase two yeah, so phase two, so I took a break on phase one and had like, I don't know. You mean you took a break after phase one? So I took a break after phase one because I was like, okay, that was enough trying to date. All right. Let me take a break. Can I just say something? Yes. I think that's common with women. With I mean, women or just people in general? 
It could be people in general. I feel like it's more of a woman thing. Mm, I, I mean, I don't oh, let's, do- I, I definitely want to have a future uh, podcast around this gender thing and what women, what women do and what men do. I and, think that'd be great. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, would it be specifically cisgender men and women? I feel like I think because of us, because we're both cisgender, it might be different, right? Yeah. So I feel like for us, we can only talk about our own lived experiences. So this is just our experience. We can't just assume right. that this is everyone's experience. That's true. So based on your experience, what do you think women do? <laughs> <laughs> it's not based on my experience. It's and based on my observation. Of women. Of women. On the dating apps. That you have seen. Interacted with. Right. Okay. So... By definition, I can only comment on dating women who are in the dating world whose profiles and geography match with mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you've been to a lot of different geographies. Well, it's fine. Places. So, here's a funny side story. Okay. Tangent. When I first got on the dating apps, you know, they're, they're, you know, like how they are. They'd know where you are geographically. Oh, yeah. I think you told me this story. Right. And Should you tell the story during your section? Yeah, okay. We can wait. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what was the question? Oh, what I noticed about women is okay. that, because you were saying you took a break after phase one, uh-huh. um, and I wrote, the, I wrote a medium post. I do a lot of medium writing, as you know. Yeah, that's kind of how I got to know you. Because you sent my... me a medium post like every day since we met. <laughs> it wasn't every day. It was almost. I have the receipts. Let me go back to this. <laughs> so I noticed that a, a number of women who I had met on the dating apps, not necessarily ones I went out with, but just ones I met, but including the ones, some of the ones I went out with, but not all the ones I went out with, were. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because it's all these disclaimers so that you're not stereotyping. Right. <laughs> were, had like taken a break. Like I see things like, oh, you know, I'm back from a break or, you know, I'm getting back on this thing. Forget to try it again. Like, and it wasn't just on one. Like I noticed that on Bumble. I noticed that on, I didn't so much on Tinder, but on definitely okay, Cupid. I noticed that this whole thing of. They had been on, they'd done it for a couple of years, and they took a break, then they got back on, and then they took a break. So I was wondering if it's like a woman thing. Well, first of all, that's actually happened to me with men. Okay, so it's a men thing too. And it could be they're taking a break, or they might be seeing someone, so they're like pausing for a little bit so that they can like kind of see how that relationship goes, and then right. they might come back. Right. Yeah. The impression I got... Based on the things they were saying, it wasn't, it wasn't that they had dating someone else. Like, oh, I'm back, you know, I went out with this loser and now I'm back. It was more like they were tired of the whole dating app thing. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, right. Those are different reasons. Mm-hmm. There might be different reasons that people do that. And so be- anyway, you took a break. Because I had the same thing with this guy. Super cute. I actually still remember his name. Seemed like... Um, an interesting person based mm-hmm. on his profile and our message exchanges. Why did you and make then, a point to say you remember his name? I'm well, curious. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. No, I know, but why would you even say that? Like, Well, because like, he stood out to me. Like, I was like, oh, this is someone I wouldn't mind meeting in person. 
Okay. So, um, mm. and then we were messaging, and then all of a sudden, just um, like kind of out of the blue, is like, oh, I'm getting off this app. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Me? He didn't even want to go out with you? Like, we never actually met. We exchanged oh. some really good messages. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just like was like, I need to get off this app. And I don't know why. Can you name the app? Um, that one was first phase. So, OkCupid. I was on OkCupid for the first phase. Hmm. Because I had a number of friends who actually met their spouses on OkCupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, this sounds like a cool app. I didn't know anything about the apps. Right. Um, so I was trying to get go on an app that I felt like I'd actually meet people that were serious about dating versus just trying to hook up. Right. Um, fast forward in phase two, which is, I think, where we're trying to head, right? Yeah. Um, phase two, I went on match because I thought, okay, I'm want to be more serious you talk about me being old (laughs) (laughs) um sorry for the re uh the readers the listeners (laughs) i always forget because you're you write all these medium articles for those that follow on medium and for those listening to this podcast um are we gonna say everyone's names i thought we already said our names did we i don't think we happened yet Oh, I think I called you your name by your name. That's fine. Okay. That might be funny like, if we use... Oh, well, you should definitely use different names. Well, it depends when we post this. Okay. Anyways. By the time you people hear this, we may not even be together. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Right. Anyway. Okay. So, um... So, um, oh, so this... Uh, what am I even talking about now? You were talking about... Oh, so in phase two, which we're at now. Right. This is the longest I've ever talked about this subject. Right. It's very long. Um, so phase two, I went on match. Oh, and for right. those that don't know you, he's a lot older than me by four and a half years. <laughs> Wait. You're, that's, you. That's not a lot older. Well, to me it is. Because okay. usually I date people that are like around younger. my age You're like a cougar. or younger. Right. I guess I'm at that age where you can call it a cougar now. Anytime there's a significant difference between the woman and the man, it's a cougar. Well, but when I first started dating, it was more of like a I think it, six I think year difference. Get, like five like year difference. I lost my virginity to. I was 19 and she was 29. Yeah, that's not the kind of cougar I am. I'm like within like five-year interval. That's not a cougar. That, then why are you calling me a cougar? Because I was joking. Oh, like, okay. Anyway, I was, what's your point? You went on match. Okay, I went on match, and guess what? I ended up matching with this guy that previously in phase one was on OkCupid. Okay oh, the and guy so, who took the break. Yeah, that took okay. the break, but now he's on match. And so for me, I totally believe in like these universal forces. I was like, oh, maybe... You know, the timing and the universe are bringing us together, but now on match. Can I just say something? Yes. Did it ever occur to you that maybe some people go on more than one dating app and that if there are certain things that people are looking for in a person, that they're going to mention those things on the multiple dating apps. And if they're looking for people in a particular geographic location... That that is probably more the reason why you matched with him on a different app than the universe speak to you. Just saying, like if we're well, being practical. First of like, all, I don't I don't want to give our listeners the wrong impression about 
you know, the universe and fate and everything. Like if they meet somebody on Bumble and then they meet somebody, that same person on another app, they're like, oh my gosh, we must be destined versus, no, it's mathematical algorithms that know, oh, this is the kind of person you like and both apps are going to do the same thing. Especially since one company owns like, like the same company owns like almost all the major dating apps. I think you're boring our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving them hard advice. Well, all I know is whatever forces, whether it's this algorithm algorithm or the universe, universe, it brought us together later on, Mm -hmm. like a year later. Got it. Got it. The same guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And once again, we started up a conversation and it was like really good. Like it was promising. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we even, like, connected it back to our meeting on OkCupid. Right. And then when we were finally supposed to once again, like, have a conversation, a real one, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't. And then he disappeared again. Oh, like me actually talk? Yeah. Oh, so before the communication. Yeah, it was all messaging. It was was great. And then he got off the app. Then we reconnected. We were messaging. It was going well. We even decided on a time to actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And then he like totally. And I was like, you know what? He has his own stuff going on. He mm-hmm. is so not ready to like even like have a conversation. Then right. that's not. Anyways, I was. So by phase two, I'm learning a lot. Mm-hmm. Like how dating apps work. How people are flaky and ghost. How, you know, like I've always. I'm probably 90, more than 90 something percent have made sure, even if I haven't met them, I don't ghost them. I just say, hey, I just don't think we're a good match. Yeah. And thank you so much. I think that's nice. And I've done that to people I've just messaged with. I've done that to people that I've actually met in person. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I personally have committed to trying to make sure that I don't ghost. The only time I would really ghost is if this person actually, like, make me feel unsafe. I felt they're sketchy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of don't care as much. It's just kind of, like, cut ties. Right. Um, Can I ask you something I, about? Yeah. Again, this is just quick. Okay. I, mean, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with this. But do you think it's ghosting if you have, like, a few insignificant connections and then never talk again? Because I don't think that's ghosting. I, I don't... Okay, that's, like if saying, someone's like, hey, case, hey, whatever. Right. But if you like actually met the person... Right, but you guys or, never met. No, no, not him. I'm right. saying in general... I just... These yeah, are like you, general lessons. Yeah, if you meet like, the person. You meet the person. It seems like it might you might have a second date, a third date, whatever. And then all of a sudden they disappear. Yeah. Like I actually... Um, I can't remember if it's first phase one or phase... I think phase one. I actually mm. met... This guy that I, he was like a single dad, is I'm a single mom. We like shared like a lot of similar like interests. Mm-hmm. Um, we had great conversation. We actually met up in person, all this stuff. And, um, and then he totally disappeared. Mm-hmm. This might have been phase two. Then he shows up via text mm-hmm. six months late. No, I don't know how many months later, whatever months. And then all of a sudden he's back. And he starts the conversation as if he was never. Yeah. Right. It was just weird. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. No, he's like, hey, hey, uh, what's up? Didn't see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And 
to me, that's weird. Like, we're having great conversations. We've already met up. We're trying to even make plans to meet up again. And then you kind of disappear. Right. And then all of a sudden you show up again. You say a quick hi, whatever. What are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. And then you disappear. And then a week or two later, you're like, hey, what's up? I'm at the park with my kids. And then you disappear. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what is that? And that's when I learned that some people just kind of need that quick, like, hit, like that high of getting like some sort of response in exchange. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of go on their way. And the kind of the timing of when he could talk to me or when he could meet me, it made me think like there might be another person in the picture and he's more trying to navigate multiple relationships versus one, you know? So Mm -hmm. this is like that phase of like learning. Like by now I kind of have learned a little bit more about online dating and how it works and stuff. But phase two for me was in phase one, I like kind of learned what I wanted and didn't want in relationships. Right. And also learned a lot a lot about myself and how I showed up in relationships. Right. So with that, like, you know, I could then in phase two practice those things. Right. So phase two is meeting people, you know, mm-hmm. and actually like applying those things. Like instead of um, you know, being clear in and communicating my needs, right? right? Um, not tolerating certain types of behavior. Mm -hmm. If someone's inconsistent or lacks communication, like I either, I bring it up so we can address it. But if they're not amenable to like changing the behavior or working with me on it, then we don't continue. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I started like, um, figure what do I need? And if those needs are being met, like, is this the person? Right. So second phase dated a little bit and then I ended up meeting someone who I ended up dating for six months mm-hmm. and that was what I would describe, even though it was we weren't meant to be together, I would describe it as a really beautiful and I felt like at the time it was the healthiest relationship I'd ever been in mm-hmm. and we had really strong communication, we had a really deep emotional connection Um that I had longed for like my whole life, like in all my relationships, like mm-hmm. that was one thing I'd learned about myself in first phase one was I, my MO is to date emotionally unavailable men. Hmm. Right. So this person was definitely emotionally available and we connected very deeply. Mm-hmm. The place that was the red flag for each other is that the way we connected is we connected from our wounded place. What does that mean? Um, we have like certain wounds and we operated from that wounded place with each other. And because we both, you know, had gone through hard marriages, I was divorced by that time. He was, you know, starting his divorce. There was a lot of trauma in his life. I've experienced certain Mm -hmm. kinds of trauma. Um, we, where we, where we connected emotionally was from that more trauma wounded part of ourselves Mm -hmm. and that's how we connected but that was so intense to constantly connect in a wounded from the wounded place Mm -hmm. um and at some point um i feel like our relationship became unhealthy Mm -hmm. because we were stuck in the wounded places and i think we were at different phases of our healing so um trying to lift ourselves out of that place and kind of come from more 
like happy joyful place um it got harder and harder and Mm -hmm. the moment i realized that i love to laugh like Mm -hmm. i love to laugh um i like to joke around i i want to like even though life is hard sometimes i want to like tap into the joy right Mm -hmm. and i realized he and i didn't laugh like a real laugh Mm -hmm. like we didn't um, it was always like very intense and serious. Um, like we had we had some happy moments, right. but we didn't just kind of like laugh together. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Like I laughed with all my friends, I laughed right. with my kids, I laughed with my colleagues, and there was um, there was a moment when I was on a phone call with a colleague to talk about a work thing, mm-hmm. and this is just a platonic relationship, but we were just laughing and joking around, you know, even though you know whatever Mm -hmm. the topic was like work stuff and it was actually serious but there was like this lightness still to it and we were like laughing and stuff and after i got off the phone i was like wait a minute you know this this guy and i that are dating i was like we don't laugh Hmm. and so we had a conversation about that and then then um and then you know certain things kind of led to us um just me like being like you know what it's not working did you ever think about asking out that colleague you were laughing with? Oh, no, not at all. He's married. Oh, okay. This is just a friend. Got it. Um, I think it's a no-no to date married men. Yes. <laughs> I would agree. And married women. And married people in general. Totally. Um, if you're not the spouse. Yeah, if you're not the spouse. I think married people should go out on dates, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think people in relationships should go on dates, regardless if they're married. Yeah. Because, for example, you and I may never get married. Yeah. That would definitely be an episode. We should definitely have a talk about that, too. Whether or not. Hmm? Whether or not that's something we would ever. Yeah, I think that would be a great one. Because you and I actually talked about that pretty upfront in our, at the beginning of our relationships. You did? Mm hmm. How do you not remember? That. That we were talking about marriage or not? Yeah, we married? were actually. About whether or not we wanted oh, right. to get married again. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. But not everyone talks about that stuff. But we I mean, do. I think it's important because that's one of the things if you're starting to date. Because yeah. some people are looking for that. Yeah. They're, they're looking. Yeah. So I think that would be a good one to talk about. Okay. So anyway, that- so that was phase two. And so most of phase two. Um, yeah. So I went out with that guy for six months. Okay. So he pretty much took up most of phase two. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was the first relationship I introduced my kids to. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a big deal. Um, a couple of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. So six months after a 17-year marriage was pretty long for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, we remained friends. We went to a meditation retreat together even after we broke up. Wow. He came and saw a musical with my kids. What was the musical? Uh, Rent. Oh, yeah. is Rent still playing? No, this was a f- couple years back, remember? But even a couple years back, like... Yeah. I saw Rent, like, 98 or 99 or This something. was 2019. I know. That's like 10 years, 20 years. No, I saw Rent when it first when came on Broadway. Like, I actually saw it on Broadway, even uh, though I lived in Los Angeles. Ooh, la, la. I know. Um, I took, um, I worked for Youth Org. I saw Hamilton too. Did you see it on Broadway? Uh, no. But that's why we, 
um, we met. We met is because you did go see it. So lucky we'll have you. To talk about that. Um. Anyways, <laughs> we're getting off topic. I think it's. I find it interesting that we met because of my Hamilton picture. Uh huh. But every time Hamilton comes on in the car, you turn it off. Like you would think there would be this emotional connection to this musical that had us meet. Yet whenever there's this audible reminder of it, you're like quick to turn it off. Okay, so can I just give you a little context? I was listening to Hamilton almost like on the daily for two years before we ever saw it. Then we've seen it. Yes. Right? Right. And I saw it. And I have kids that still listen to it. And then now I'm dating a guy <laughs> that totally wants to listen to it. And I think we've watched it twice together. You the watch the, the Disney Plus version of it. You only watched it that one time. Well, I think we watched it once. And then we... Wa- oh, wait. No, I saw it with my kids once on Disney. Then right. I watched it with you. So, you know what? Our second in-person date was... When Hamilton. I think of Hamilton, I kind of think of you. But I really think about my kids. That's, I think that's fine. And I don't necessarily always want... I've already listened to it for maybe now three to four years. Yeah. I would love to just sometimes take a break. So okay. I don't have... I'm sorry to tell you, but I don't have an emotional connection um, to you when I hear Hamilton. That is fine. I have the most emotional... Con- is like to your kids. that day that we decided to get Hamilton tickets after two years of trying to go see That's Hamilton. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because... Bum, That's bum, the bum, memory bum, bum. I have. I okay. Sorry. <laughs> I think our listeners are falling asleep by now. Right. I think you're ready to hear my story. I didn't even tell you phase three. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I thought I I'm in phase three. Yeah, but I, I'll, I think can we should I... save that. Go ahead. Okay, so I'll preview. Yes. So then I took a break after breaking another up with a six-month break. Another break, see? Well, I feel like that's actually a smarter thing to do than rush into another no, you're relationship. Right. No, I'm joking. Yeah, you're right. And I really wanted to just like... I was at that time no, not feeling a need to date. Right. And so we ended that relationship in May. And I didn't get back, I think, on the apps again till maybe November or December of last year of 2019 right that would be last year from the time of this recording yes which who knows how many years prior by the time people actually if anyone even ever hears this I know (laughs) so just to preview that after that um I won't go into all the details but phase three, I would describe it as me doing the work mm-hmm. and getting ready, both my inner self for myself to, um, I feel like, be in a place to actually have a long-term relationship. Given all the things I've learned from phase two mm-hmm. and the six-month relationship I had. Right. that I And I was in a really good place where I felt like. I am open again to meeting someone mm-hmm. and would love to one day meet my life partner. Right. Um, and so phase three is my journey doing that work mm-hmm. to be in a place where I could meet that person. So if you wanted to sum up 
the things that you learned through phase one and two to people who are listening to this, who are starting your own phase one or two, like, what would you, what would you say to them? Like, Um, summary, X, Y, and Z. So, um, in the last few years, four years of being separated, I've learned a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I've also have friends, family, right? Like, who have some are in great relationships and some even over this time mm-hmm. have ended relationships. Mm-hmm. And I also have friends who are single and dating. So also being able to ex- mm-hmm. kind of witness their journey in the dating world. And for those though, that like were maybe in a situation like me that were in like a marriage or a longer term partnership. Right. Um, I really do think one of the biggest lessons is just to, while it might, you might feel the need and want, right, to meet someone right away, right, um, that it actually is really helpful to take a pause mm-hmm. and to really focus on self. <laughs> why? Because uh, I totally didn't do that. I know. <laughs> and that's why I had to be really careful and cautious uh-huh. about whether, like, assessing whether or not mm-hmm. you were ready. Because the six-month person was also in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. But I should have... I did listen to my gut, but mm-hmm. even listen to it even more because we ended up still dating. Mm-hmm. When I first met him, mm-hmm. I knew pretty much in that first date that wow. he was not ready to date yet. And oh, I even wow. told him on that first date. Oh, you did? Wow. Yeah, and told him that we probably... What did you say? Oh, I just so said... So was it a self-fulfilling prophecy then, maybe? Well, but this is what I said. What? Yeah. I said, hey... You seem like a really nice guy. Um, And I can tell we're at different phases in our Mm -hmm. journey, right? Like, you are where I was a couple years back. Right. Um, I'm in a different place, and this is what I'm looking for. You're just starting it. And so I don't think it's a good match. Mm -hmm. But I think you're cool and would love to be friends with you. Mm -hmm. You said that on the first date. After our date, and we were walking to the car, right? I told him that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, took it in stride. And he even sent me a really nice text afterwards saying mm-hmm. he enjoyed the date. He really liked, you know, like, yeah. I don't think he liked, liked me, but he yeah. really liked me. And he actually took to heart what I said. And he basically got off the apps. And he's like, I'm going to do my inner work. And I'm going to focus on myself and my kids. After your first date, he did it. Yeah. But then eventually you got back together. Yes. So I was actually serious about like being friends. I thought he was cool and yeah. we got along well. Um, so a few weeks passed mm-hmm. and we had exchanged a couple texts here and there, but nothing right. Um, a few weeks passed and I just was like, he was still on my mind. I was dating some other people here and there, just meeting up with people, trying to get to know them. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason... He kept, he stayed, stayed on my mind. So even after we weren't communicating, I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, I wonder how this guy's doing. And so I texted him. I was like, Hey, how are you? Um, I was serious about wanting to be friends. So let me know if you want to be friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, blah, blah, blah. But then we kind of got into the holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we didn't end up meeting in person again until like a month later. Until mm. December. Right. 
And so once we met in December, we had, um, we had a good time, but we had this weird thing that happened. And so, um, that it could have like, we could have gone our separate ways or we could have talked about it. So I decided like, oh, let me just talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. We ended up talking for like a couple hours. Um, and I think that kind of shifted the relationship. We were having some really great conversations, deep conversations, very vulnerable conversations, um, but I think that was a turning point for us. Mm-hmm. And then we hung out again and we were texting and this and that and stuff. And then we ended up dating. Right. Yeah. So anyways, back to the summary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think you well, and I could talk forever. I think um, I, th- I thought the summary was. Focus on yourself. Right. Focus on yourself. Yeah. And cause if you don't do that, you actually are prolonging your healing process. Yeah. And you're also putting, so I do think, you know, what I, I do like my phases where I kind of dip my toes in, kind of got a little taste for it, kind of figured mm-hmm. out what I did and didn't want and what my deal breakers were. Right. And then kind of then took a rest and actually then worked on myself right. to kind of see. But I definitely know that I was not ready for a long term, like a serious relationship that would be the kind of relationship I would be able to have now mm-hmm. because I didn't do that inner work. If I was like, let's say I was in a serious relationship, I think a lot of the old stuff mm-hmm. and the issues I had with past relationships, my marriage and ex-boyfriends and stuff, like, because I didn't work that out, it might have once just been a cycle, right? So I feel like third phase, I'm more enlightened and more aware mm-hmm. and... When we talk about me and you, I feel like we both were able to come from a place of strength and resilience and joy, mm-hmm. even though we both have our stuff. Right. And we're meeting at a different level. Mm-hmm. Right. Than like the six month person. Right. So I think that was one of my biggest lessons. And to be yourself and to find someone who loves and cares about you. Just as you are. Not right. that you don't have to work and grow. Right. But is, um, yeah, that accepts you and you accept yourself. I think that's the most important. Yeah. Oh, can I do one more? Sure. Okay. Another one, mm. which I think is super important. Yes. So sometimes people look for relationships to fill a gap, ah, to fill a hole right. in themselves, right? Like something, a wound mm-hmm. that needs tending to. And one of them could be about feeling like alone, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're looking for another person physically, you're like a physical person to help be there to fill that hole, mm-hmm. right? And I think the biggest lesson is that no one can fill that hole Jesus except can. for yourself. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a big thing in Christianity. Okay. That These are my you're lessons. About? You're right. These are my lessons, and I'm not Christian. So right. I want to let you know. You're oh. not? Did you tell Is me that, that when we breaker? started? <laughs> 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 okay. So, so can we focus? Can good. we focus? Sorry. <laughs> okay. But One of the big lessons. Unequally yoked. Okay, let's talk. You're still Sorry. distracted. Sorry. So, one of the biggest lessons, yes, or just a lesson, mm-hmm. is that no one can fill that hole mm-hmm. except for yourself. Okay. And that's 
why the inner work is so important mm-hmm. and not you can't just do it and be done with it it's like a lifelong thing right but realizing that that other person mm-hmm. is not going to fill that that it's really about you tending to that inner child that inner mm-hmm. wound and that it's really about you being able to accept and care for yourself so that you can show up in the relationship mm-hmm. in the way you want and not need that and not expect that other person to to really tend to that right okay all right so uh you talked for a long time <laughs> which is unusual for, i'm usually the one who talks a lot yeah, that is so true <laughs> um but i think that's a great like first episode like if we had that be episode one or whatever we call this podcast. Okay. Assuming we ever put it out there. Okay. And episode two could be good to tell my story. Yeah, I would love to hear your story again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that nervous look on your face when you're starting to think that you're talking too much. I like how we just met and I'm not even slightly afraid to be opening up I like that we've been sitting here hands moving around the clock and I still can't get enough, get enough. Maybe I'll share something New. you never heard. There'll be a scoop. <laughs> you know what though? Does count as I a think scoop? that's important because I I don't think like in just the few months of going out, like I know everything about you. So maybe you know I'll learn. I know a lot. You read my but... book, you read my medium post. <laughs> Yes, the ones you sent me like every day. Every day. I was like, who is this guy? Why yeah. does he keep asking me to read about him? I want to just learn. Because that's the best I know, way but to I learn. Wanna, no, I want to learn about you from actually spending time with you and talking to you. Well, we had like you. six hour long conversations. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait till yeah. you hear about those. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. I hope to talk to you again soon. We should come up with like a clever ending. Like each episode ends with something. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. I was gonna I say something you. corny, like, 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 like a kissing noise. Or something. Oh no! Don't do, don't don't make anyone listen to that. Okay. That just sounds gross, creepy, yeah. weird. Mwah! And then you go and do it. Trying hard not to jump, not to move too fast, but we could go. That's all for today. Story narrator is Max Simhauser. You can find more of her work at maxsimhauservo.com. The man and woman choose to remain anonymous, but hope you find their stories entertaining, enlightening, and maybe even cathartic. See you again soon.